beer noise. Kevin pretending to make beer noise. What other mouth sounds can we do? Okay, I haven't made anything interesting recently. I consumed one of the best beverages I've had in a long time. Wow. Recently. Non-alcoholic. Okay. Just a great beverage. Yeah. Uh, in San Antonio. You went to San Antonio? I went to San Antonio. <laughs> That's uh, not the way you lead this story. <laughs> <laughs> I went to San Antonio two Sundays ago with Alan. Oh, cool. Spent the day in San Antonio, which was really fun. Um, just down and back up? Yep. Just drove down for the day and yeah. walked around and explored and then drove back up. Did you visit the Alamo? We went to the Alamo. Well, the correct answer is no, we forgot. <laughs> That's the joke, but no. uh, it's okay. Uh, the Alamo was fine. It was yeah, cool. it's fine. It was did you, cool. Did you go in? Did you go do we, the tour? We went in and we walked through. It was cool. Um, I'm a sucker for churches, so it's like certainly a church. I went in. And I'm like, oh, it's a church. Cool. I'm like, yeah, it's the yeah. Alamo. No, I love I love how in the middle of like downtown it is. Yeah, it's very bizarre. It's not what you expect. So I didn't until we got there. Like we we drove and we drove yeah. like through downtown, and we passed the Alamo, and I was like, wait. Was that the Alamo? <laughs> like I, in my brain, I thought the Alamo was like outside the city somewhere, uh-huh. right? Like you drive out of the city 20 minutes the and Alamo. then there's yeah. the Alamo because it's an old historic site. Yeah. And that that's what you do with old historic sites, being, right? That is being preserved and the city would have been built after near it. or yeah. Yeah. No, it's like in the, the middle, middle of, the of the city and it's this old ruin in the middle of the city. Yeah. Um, if boy, I thought Austin was like, low and spread out <laughs> san antonio is huge san antonio is spread it's also got a larger population than austin out. yeah like it's, it's a bigger city in every way it's a bigger city but like there's no there's no hub or no. Cent- like there's like no get, the, the river walk is about as close as you get and that's yeah. just for tourists yeah like there's no like dense cluster no. anywhere in, in the city it's everywhere um but yeah so we, we saw the alamo yeah it was fine did you go to the basement no, no, I don't remember. I don't think I saw a basement. No, um, that's we, a that's a reference you didn't get. It's okay. Oh, sorry. What's what's the basement of the Alamo? Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the oh. the movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, the adventure is his bike is stolen, and he goes to a psychic, and the mm. psychic tells him that his bike is in the basement of the Alamo, mm. and so he goes on a big adventure to go to San Antonio to go to the Alamo. And he gets there, and the Alamo doesn't have a basement. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the movie. Okay, good. I was afraid I missed something important about the Alamo. <laughs> um, we walked around the Riverwalk, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. Did you go to Charlie Wins a Burger? No. It's a place on the Riverwalk. I go there every time I go to PAX. Oh. Um, we... Walked by the convention center, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's where PAX was. That's where PAX was. Um, but the coolest part was we went to the – there's a name for it. It's like a – it's a open-air market in San Antonio. I believe you. Um, it's like half open-air, half building okay. kind of thing. Uh, but it's all Mexican stuff. It's oh, cool. Mexican-run shops and a lot of, you know, touristy Mexican sure. gift shops and – Tchotchkes. Ch- yeah. You can – 
buy a stupid sombrero yeah um and like folk art things and stuff mm-hmm. um but they had uh uh you know a couple like food and drink stands yeah. and uh one of them was selling agua fresca ah. and i got a pineapple agua fresca it was great and it was like a giant cup <laughs> and it was so good it was so good and i like i was dying of thirst i like hadn't had anything to drink in like a couple hours of yeah. walking around and i got a giant like 32 ounce agua fresca and it was the best thing uh, i've ever tasted i was honestly when we went to san antonio i was expecting uh horchata mm. uh was where you're gonna end up didn't but, see any horchata uh, have you had have you had it before i have yeah yeah it's it's also pretty good yeah um but the other really cool thing about the market is like you go through this open air section yeah and then there's another building and that's inside and there's mm-hmm. some shops and stuff but we walked in and there's a stage in the middle and there was a bunch of like teenage girls doing some traditional dance oh cool thing and they're like incredibly colorful like vibrant dresses mm-hmm. and so we just like sat down and watched for a couple minutes awesome and it, and it was super cool like yeah they weren't you could tell they weren't that good at it yeah. and it wasn't like some like big production or anything and like they're everyone, just there performing yeah. everyone around seemed to be like probably families of the mm-hmm. of the like girls dancing yeah but we just like sat there in the back and like watched and it, it was just like this tiny little like super entertaining oh, that's fun really pleasant thing that we like stumbled upon cool yeah the flowy dresses yeah and their flowy yeah dress I, know what, I know what you're talking about yeah i've seen the dresses. there's probably a name for it yeah but, but I should, we are we are that, not cultured enough to know that i should probably know yeah um but it's a cool thing yeah. and you should watch it yeah um i will did i do anything else in san antonio mostly just walking around yeah that's cool yeah it's an all right city yeah san antonio doesn't so people do drive down to san antonio like it's not a demo it's an hour and a half two hours max yeah but because I grew up in Dallas, San Antonio, in my mind, is very far away. Because it's very far from Dallas. Yeah, it's a seven hours. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I have to be reminded that San Antonio isn't that far away sometimes. Yeah. Like, I've, I'd never been, and I've yeah. lived here for a year and a half. Yeah. And it's not that long of a drive. Yeah. No, it's pretty close. Uh, you've lived here a year and a half? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more than that. Maybe a tiny bit more than that. Moved here August 2015. It's February 2017. Yeah. When did we start this podcast? May 2016. Okay. It feels like we've been doing this longer, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a bad way, but it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Now I know. Um, yeah, like, I don't know if I feel a need to, like, go see or do more yeah. in San Antonio, but I'm glad I went. Yeah, well, I've got friends down there, and that's the thing. Is like, I feel like they're right. like I think of them as very far away, and they're, they're not. like they're not. Like you could you could spend half a day, yeah, on a day off and go see your friends in San yeah. Antonio. I'm not going to, but I could. You know what I did do for the first time in Texas that day? No, went to a Bucky's. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. I have no, I I have no like attraction to Bucky's whatsoever <laughs> but that's cute uh we made a pit stop on the way back yeah at a Bucky's and um I've you you've been in one I've been a few times I've I have between San Antonio and Austin or Austin and Dallas like I have stopped at a Bucky's yeah 
Uh, I walked in and was overwhelmed yeah. by the scale. Oh, absolutely. It's an outrageous experience. Um, But we went to use the bathrooms, and so I, I walked yes. into the bathroom. Very nice bathrooms. And I, like, I almost got emotional <laughs> about how perfectly designed the layout of a Bucky's public bathroom is. They're I've, very nice bathrooms. I've never seen a public bathroom that is more like customer friendly for lack of a better term than a Bucky's <laughs> public bathroom. Like I felt like everything about that bathroom experience was perfect. Like I had privacy mm-hmm. in my urinal. Yeah. I had easy access to soap and paper towels at the sink, which there were plenty of mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, it was just perfect every time. When I stop at Bucky's, it is generally because of the bathrooms. Yeah. Like, and I, I will, I will buy like a sandwich or, you know, something, Mm-hmm. If I'm there and I need to eat some food, mm-hmm. but like the reason you go to Bucky's for a lot of people is the bathrooms, right? And it, boy, it was like best public bathroom I've ever been in. Probably, yeah. I recommend it. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because Bucky's was not a thing for me ever growing up. Like I had no attachment to it. I didn't know what it was until I moved to Austin. Yeah. Uh, and I would see these people with these weird T-shirts with a beaver on. And I go, that seems like it must be a thing. And so I've only been to a Bucky's since moving to Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a very large convenience store. Yeah. And that's all it really is. And so I kind of go, eh. Right. Like it's a... Um, like if you want like the... Because every convenience store in Texas has the Texas Kitsch section. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Where, you know, where you get your Three Wolf Moon t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And Bucky's just has a bigger one. <laughs> right. Every convenience store in Texas has a bathroom. Bucky's has a bigger one. Right. Every convenience store in Texas has, uh, you know, microwavable sandwiches. Bucky just has better ones. Like that's, right. it's, it's, it's the best version or the biggest version, but it's, it's that's about it for it's, me. But it's actually like, there's something I think really like special and wonderful about a company saying, we're going to be a gas station convenience store, but we're going to be insanely good at it yeah like that's fair like it doesn't seem to be the class of thing that someone would Could aspire make to be good. really yeah. really good at. when they keep they keep opening more of them so it must be working yeah they're it's like a successful business yeah. and people have like brand attachment oh yeah people wear those t-shirts station convenience store like yeah. that's bizarre certainly is but i mean they're doing something right yeah i'd rather stop at the uh the check stop on the way to dallas I haven't been. That's weird. Have you driven to Dallas? I'm no. 35. Then why would you? Yeah. But I, someone, someone actually a couple days ago was telling me about check stop and how badly I needed yeah. to go. I'm driving to Dallas this weekend, actually. What are you doing in Dallas? Going to a wedding. Oh, nice. Yeah. You getting uh, married? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the friend I have known the longest is getting married. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we went to preschool together. The longest indeed. Yeah. Uh, we went to Next Generation Preschool, uh, was was what it was called. And I always thought it was Star Trek related, but I never figure out how. Uh, was that I across watched, the street from Deep Space Nine no, Preschool? But I because I watched Star Trek Next Generation in preschool, and I knew that was the name of my preschool, and I was like, there must be something here I'm missing, but no. Uh, yeah, we we went to preschool together, uh, and our parents were friends, and we we still see each other every now and then. Uh, but he's getting married. And so I'm going to go up and see him. I had to buy a suit. 
because uh, it's a black tie wedding, so it's like super fancy. Oh wow, really? Yeah, I'll be at the unfashionable table wearing like a suit. <laughs> you didn't get a tux? No. Oh, I want well. something I will wear more than once. Right. Um, but I got one, bought a suit, and that was kind of fancy. I'm interested in your suit shopping experience. Uh, well, so when you're a person who's the size I am, mm-hmm. the, your shoot, suit shopping experience is pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> you go to Casual Mail XL, and you walk in and say, I need to buy a black suit. And they say, okay, they're over here. Uh, let's try on some jackets. Cool, this one fits. Let's try on some pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, these don't fit. Let's try these. Okay, those fit. Cool. What kind of tie would you like? Great, we're done. <laughs> like, it was not much of an experience. Like, Amy was there because Amy has better fashion sense than I do and can see me. Um, it helps to have someone outside of your body looking yeah, at you. Yeah, and would say, yeah, that doesn't work. Let's try this one. But, it, I mean, I wanted a very basic black suit. Mm-hmm. So I bought a jacket and a pants and a white shirt yep. and a tie. Um, get, get shoes? You already have the shoes. I already have shoes. They're not really fancy shoes, but they're the same shoes I bought to go to Stanford. Oh, okay. Uh, so they're actual shoes. They're actual shoes. <laughs> they're, they're not my my busted, falling apart Birkenstocks. Uh, they're they're real shoes. I feel like one one day you'll have a fresh pair of Birkenstocks, and the saga of you complaining about your old Birkenstocks on the podcast will have come to a conclusion. Give it a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> like these have given me blisters, and I still am wearing them. Like the blister is fine; it healed. It's good. It's a slow burn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was. It's a very easy process because I bought. <laughs> I bought a house brand suit. Like, it's not anything fancy. It was still uh, like $500, but... Suits are expensive. It was, also, it was also a birthday present. My mom bought it for me on my birthday. So it was it was a very nice birthday present. Thanks, nice. mom. Is this your only suit? And dad. Yes. It's my only suit. I have a couple button-down shirts, and I have way too many ties. Really? I've been getting or owning ties since, like, middle school. Hmm. Um, the funny thing is most of them are not long enough uh, <laughs> because I have a very long torso. Yeah. And these are all normal size ties. <laughs> so I have like three ties that actually like fit the length of my torso mm-hmm. and a bunch that don't. Did, so for this wedding, did you get a tie tie or a bow tie? A tie tie. Yeah. Um, but it's nice. Get some blue accents. It's a paisley. Um, oh, and a pocket square. I got a pocket square to match my tie. What color? Blue. Nice. Or white. Blue or white. I don't know. Nice. My friend's in the military, so everyone's going to be in like military dress uniforms. Oh, that's why it's yeah. like a fancy wedding. Yeah, so they're going to be wearing their military whites. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, well, then, so it's funny. They're they're going to have a changing room. So if you want to change out of your whites into something, into a suit or tux, you can do that to, between the ceremony and the reception. To, you know, get a little casual. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Wow. I will I will not be wearing a tux, nor will I be wearing military whites, <laughs> dress whites. <laughs> no, you should not do that. No. That would cause a ruckus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just found these. I thought we were supposed to wear them, right? Yo, where'd you guys get yours? Yeah. <laughs> you just buy anything on the internet. Oh, my God. Um, I also don't think I would look good in military dress whites. Like, I don't think... Uh, well, I mean, I think the thing is, is if uh, if something fits well, it makes anybody look that's good. That's fair. I think uh, uh, military whites would probably make you look pretty spiffy. But I've got way too much like hair in you, my general facial area. Regardless of like your body size, yeah. your head does not uh, fit the military no. vibe. Uh, I'm getting a beard trim on uh, Friday before we drive down. Good. And like trim, I mean like style. It's still going to be like long and yeah, gross. Yeah, just tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, tighten it up, give it some shape. 
Uh, shave this down on my mm-hmm. cheeks because I don't do that enough. Yeah. Um, the guy I go to is real good. He does he does a straight razor on your cheeks mm. or your neck, um, which is real fancy. There's always something very little nerve-wracking but very comforting about yeah. a straight razor shave. It's it's nice. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, um, that sounds fun. I Your suit shopping experience was uh, a little more basic than... Yeah, than well, any of mine. So when but. you again, when you're a person my size, buying clothing is a very efficient process. There's not a, there's not a lot of options, even no, if you want. No, no, there are not. Uh, like I went, like when I got my current job, uh, I went and was like, I need some polos, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I want some polos. I like shirt pockets, so I'm gonna get some polos and some shirt pockets. And we went to the big and tall nook at J.C. Penney, which I think <laughs> I, I, that was the name of an episode. I think it was. <laughs> yes, it was. We talked about yeah. this. Big and tall nook. The big and tall nook, and like found part two, one shirt that fit me, and bought three in this in different colors, and mm-hmm. like that was my shopping experience. Yeah. Shoes, same way. I go on and say, my feet are this big. I say, okay, we'll bring out three pairs. Here they are. <laughs> right. Which one do you want? Wait, how wide, sir? Okay, we'll bring you the options. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring you all of the options. Here are three shoes, <laughs> not three pairs of shoes, just three shoes. <laughs> we just found this one yeah. somewhere. Uh, so yeah, no, I don't like shopping for clothing. Yeah, uh, because I have so few choices. But as always, if I, if I'm going somewhere that tailors to people my size, it is a very efficient process. Right, and at least you know they're like they're they're able to help you out very yes. well instead of like walking into a I don't know where the gap. I don't go into the gap. Right, you walk into the gap and go, I'd like to buy a suit, and they're gonna go. Uh, yeah. No, I, I went into I went into in grad school. I went to Old Navy for some reason. Uh-huh. I needed some jeans. I'm like, oh, Old Navy's a thing. Yeah, I'll go there. Cheap basic jeans, probably. Yeah, and they have they literally have a, a size chart. I'm like these are available sizes, and it is in the shape of a bell curve. Um, that seems needlessly cruel. It was a little <laughs> bit. So like you know your your widest waist, shortest leg to. Uh, Longest leg, shortest waist, you know, whatever yep. those were, and a bell curve with like these are the sizes that fit because it was a it was a grid. So like on the x axis was wide, the y axis was, um, or you know, short and long or mm-hmm. wide and skinny or whatever. Um, and so the sizes they had were in this bell curve, like made this sh- bell curve shape. And I did the grid math and I said, okay, this is my waist, this is my leg. Yep, I'm outside the bell curve. Okay, I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> at least they made it easy for you to figure out it's like well they're not gonna have any pants that fit me bye i'm and i'm on like the opposite end of that like yeah. <laughs> i'm very narrow and i have very long legs so yeah. like oftentimes i i mean i don't even bother going to find pants on like in stores anymore yeah. but i know like levi's makes this one pair of jeans in any configurable size so i buy these oh i i owned so before i switched to my tack lights uh, I wore the same style of jeans for probably 10 years. I'm, what is it? 2007? I'm getting close. Yeah. I think I'm on eight years of this one, one pair of because jeans, one I, style of yeah, jeans. Yeah, because I found one in like high school that fit mm-hmm. and wore it forever. Yeah. Um, they stopped making it for a while, which was really worrying. <laughs> I brought it back. It was the, uh, the Lee Dungaree painter pant relaxed fit. Nice. Um, had the belt, the the hammer loop on one side, and the little side pocket on the other. Yeah. Oh, I like that side pocket I, sometimes. I loved that side pocket. Oh, that's why that's a, like an evolution to your tactical pants. Oh, now absolutely. You, like, you got all kinds of side pockets. I have a pocket on these pants just for my headphones. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This little this little guy right here. Little AirPod is pocket. Where my headphones live. Nice. I had um. 
so you know what's really funny? Uh, I have I have one suit. Mm-hmm. I had it made in 2000, 2014. Okay. Um, for my wedding. It's a good reason to have a suit. Yeah. And I. And I like it's a it's a custom suit. I went I went to a tailor and did all the measuring, and they made a suit for me. That's fancy. Yeah, um, but I'm a fancy suit kind of man. You are. Um, and one of the interesting, cool features of this suit mm-hmm. that they did was they put a special phone pocket in the jacket. That's nice on the inside. On the inside, yeah. yeah. So instead of your your typical like the interior breast pockets where you would keep a wallet and a pen, you, mm-hmm. know, you see you see people reach into their jacket and grab yeah. something. Yeah. It wasn't there. It was on this. It was built into the side seam Ooh. of the suit, and so it carried the weight yeah. of a phone without really. without distorting the pocket or yeah. without the, the shape of the the jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you barely felt it. And at the time, I had an iPhone five. Yeah. And it fit and it perfectly. Fit perfectly, right? Like yeah. it, you just slipped it into that pocket. You didn't feel it. It still touched your skin, so you could feel it vibrate. Yeah. It was great. Like and, I and it kept the shape well. Yeah. Right, and you can't see it. It's invisible. Um. Doesn't fit my iPhone 7. <laughs> I mean, you can get in there with a seam ripper and probably make it bigger. I don't know, because it's like the opening is like exactly the width of the rest of the pocket. Like it's. I bet you could take it to a tailor and, and they'd make it work. Yeah, yeah, I could take it to a tailor and they make it work. But I, like, I, I think it's so funny that like how instantly of its time now is this jacket <laughs> where like it was made in 2014 when. Before, and it was a 2014 jacket. Before the iPhone 6 existed. Yeah. And it was clearly made to fit the that iPhone type of phone, five yeah. and five S shape. And I should have to the, switch back to the SE. I, yeah, I guess so. If I want to keep wearing the suit, otherwise yeah. the suit's useless. Yeah, there's no purpose for that suit ever again. I just keep it in the normal interior pocket. Oh, that'll work. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, like I remember, like I put on. I don't wear the suit very often, but I remember putting it on. Uh, I I went out for New Year's Eve and I wore the suit for New sure. Year's Eve, and I put on a suit and I'm feeling good. I'm like, yeah. all right, like, let's fill these pockets up. And I should go to put my phone in that pocket. Nope. Nope. Doesn't fit. They didn't think phones could get bigger. Did you, um, did you see the internet collapse today? Cause AWS. Went yes. Down? <laughs> <laughs> that was delightful. Oh, it affected us. Did it? Do yeah. you guys run stuff on AWS? Uh, a little bit. Like, not everything, but... I feel like everybody runs a little bit of something on yeah. AWS. Yeah. Yeah, it affected uh, our product, and people were, like, messaging, like, is this not working? And I'm like, I'm just reading it, but I'm like, oh, I guess not. And then somebody's like, AWS is down. I'm like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I had the realization soon after I saw I saw it break that it was going down that, like, good for them? Because I don't remember the last time AWS went down. I don't think AWS can go down. And like a humongous portion of the internet runs on AWS. That is Amazon's largest revenue generator is AWS. Is it larger than its retail services? Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know it was that big. Yes. Wow. Which is why their new store, Amazon Go or whatever it is, uh-huh. is going to be their next like billion dollar product mm. because they're going to license it just like they license AWS. AWS, it was the back end for Amazon. Right. And they're like, we can license this out to everybody and they can use it as their back end. Right. Now we're just going to license a physical store format for retailers across the globe. Yeah. Like the fact that they make money off their website is like, sure, that's great. AWS is their cash cow. Right. Yeah. Um, like it's so it's so essential like 
I think Dropbox. Like if you think I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Dropbox is hosted on AWS. Yeah. And you think like Dropbox is like a core fundamental piece of infrastructure for like the internet to work. Yeah, don't and, use and, Dropbox. And for businesses to run, <laughs> but like that's not the bottom of the stack. AWS is. Yeah. Netflix's bottom of the stack is AWS. Really? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me, like, but yeah. Like Netflix, yeah. Netflix was like, we're going to worry about content deals. We don't want to worry about like building up hosting infrastructure. We'll just we'll use just AWS. Use, we'll just use AWS, right? Like it's, <laughs> you, so you, you get, and then all of a sudden com- companies like Dropbox and Netflix explode and become these, their own massive things and in their own right. still running on AWS. Still running on still Amazon. Just buying that server space. Yep. I mean, I can imagine like if Amazon must be making millions and billions oh, of dollars off so much Netflix money. alone. Yeah. Good for them though. I mean, if they go down once every <laughs> five years for a couple hours, like yeah, they're I mean, doing. Then the, in the tech industry, we talk about you know the number of nines you're good to in terms of reliability. Right. That's a lot of nines. A lot of nines. They got a lot of nines. Yeah, and they're up. Oh, they were down for a while. A couple hours. Yeah, but still. But over like years and years and years. <laughs> it's a lot of nines. Yeah. It's like Uber, but for pictures of bicycles. Mm, I would do that. Did you see? Oh, okay. You want to talk about Uber? Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, Uber's terrible. Big surprise. Yeah, like the thing that everyone's known for a long time is finally gaining evidence. It's still evidence. true. <laughs> well, the thing is it won't make any difference. And that's what makes me mad. Right, like Uber's not going to die. Or change their behavior. No. Like, there are still women who are having terrible experiences at Uber as engineers right now. Like, all three of them that are still left. <laughs> right. And I'm I'm very upset at, what's his name, Travis Kalanick? Is that his name? I don't know. Something like that. The, the CEO of Uber. His rhetoric is so apologetic and, like, eager to help make and a solve the problem. But, like, it's... The fact that it's coming from a like, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's this big problem at my company and we like, definitely no. hate this and are going to solve it. Like, nope. no, the answer should be like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm kind of a dirtbag and so I made a dirtbag company. Yeah. Like, let me put <laughs> That's some. That's the short answer. Let me give some power. <laughs> let me give power to some other people so that they can make this place better. Yeah. Yeah. No, just. That's it. <laughs> No, it's oh this would this couldn't have possibly how how could this happen? We didn't know. Right. It's like no, you built a company based on I mean, your on your values. Yeah. Which well, are which is, which also includes like taking advantage of other people. Right, which are hyper capitalist, people don't matter. <laughs> yeah. And I deserve everything. People are a resource to be taken advantage of. And like I, I don't know and the, it makes me sad that people like these wonderful talented female engineers can be taken advantage of and like duped into like getting excited about a cool technology job yeah and go work at a shitty place like uber and yeah. suffer for it but like come, it also come it's on. also worth knowing that this is not an exclusive problem to uber this is no all over all. the tech industry and like uber's pr- uber's probably a like an exaggeration of it compared to other places. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if you get the, if you could, if you could go anonymize some people, get the same stories from a bunch of major tech startups. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the culture of those organizations. Right. Cause they're started by hyper capitalist bros. Yeah. 
Yeah. Those are the people who start start tech startups in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you watched it. I think it came out today or yesterday. Someone, the the CEO of Uber, Travis Kalanick, I think that's his name. Yeah. Might be butchering his last name. We could call him Travis Kalanick, as in chronic irrigation. <laughs> Travis Kalanick. Um, took an Uber Black uh, on, I think it was like Super Bowl night or sure. something after the game, and the driver had a camera in the car and recorded it. <laughs> and it's funny because the first like five minutes of the ride, the guy just, he, he had, he's sitting in the middle seat and there's two women on either side of okay. him. And he spends it like awkwardly like trying to like chat with them. Yeah. And like she's like shimmying around to the music and it's painfully uncomfortable okay. and weird. Like it's like a he's trying too hard. Yeah. Right. But then he gets out of the car and the driver had like apparently met him before. Oh, Because the wow. driver had been driving for Uber for a very long time. Which is rare. <laughs> um, And the driver like made a little complaint. To him, because he knew yeah. he knew this was the CEO of Uber in his car. Yeah, and then they got into this argument, oh, and the man. guy just, and and Travis Kalanick just yelled at him, <laughs> and like freaked out, and like just berated him, <laughs> and it is, it's horrible to watch. It's horrible to watch someone be like a callous person. Yeah, to someone serving them. Yeah. Um. But I mean, there's a little bit of like glee in it knowing he was caught being a shitty person yeah and, and, and maybe it's one more thing that might hurt him and his company a little bit yeah but the i still think that someone said you know the solution to uber isn't lyft <laughs> like that's not fixing the problem it's trains and buses yeah it's it's infrastructure someone's like there's so many better solutions that exist yep um, so like the dump Uber hashtag or delete Uber hashtag has been great for Lyft, but that doesn't fix the inherent problems in the, yeah. in that model. And like, I'm all for Uber making less money. Like, yeah. Stop using Uber and find another solution. But like, maybe try to use public transportation instead. Yeah. Maybe vote for public transportation and maybe like patronize public transportation yeah. and let your local city know that that's a thing that you're interested in because I don't know. We don't need a servant class. <laughs> Any more than we already have one. <laughs> right. We don't need to cement a servant class into our society yeah. after only a couple of years. I mean, retail. Yeah. Largest uh, industry in terms of employment in the U.S. Retail is? Yeah. Wow. Well, that doesn't make me feel so bad. I mean, it just says a lot. I mean, retail is the new blue collar work. Yeah. Except it pays worse and has no uh, protections. <laughs> and you don't get good at anything. <laughs> yeah. Except for that. And there's no chance of like retirement or benefits in the long run. Man, being a plumber sounds nice. You could really get good at something and make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, but like retail, really, when you look at it from a uh, demographic perspective, has taken the place of factory work. Yeah. We went from a manufacturing economy to a service economy. Right. Make the stuff elsewhere and just sell more of it here. Yeah. So, yeah, get people um, to sell it. But, you know, you also look at, like, all of the unionization that went, the protections and the pensions that existed for factory workers, where, as I said, you know, you're going to come and do this miserable job for 30 years, but you'll be able to take care of your family and support everybody on that. Right. And that has long gone away. Yeah, there's that idea of, like, well, like, you don't love going to work, but you just toil and it works. Yeah. Right? Like, you you get enough benefit out of it. Yeah. And now it's like you go to work and you toil and suffer 
and, and you don't get enough out of it. Don't get enough out of it, but you don't really have another. Well, that's because there's this perception of these, you know, quote unquote minimum wage jobs, retail, fast food is another example. That like, oh, well, it's not real people doing these jobs. It's like teenagers. It's college like, well, kids. Yeah, except people, no, it's literally the largest group in the workforce. It's, it's first jobs. It's people's yeah. stepping stones. No, it's, it's like most people, the major, not majority, but like more people than any other industry work retail. Right. That's the largest workforce in the country. Yeah, and it's not doing anything for them. Yeah, those are not those are not high schoolers looking for their first job. Right. Like, yeah, like me, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fairly young still, and yeah. I probably have better things in my career than staying in a retail store. But there's plenty of middle-aged people who I work with. Oh, yeah. Older, and who have spent their entire life in retail. Older than that who I work yeah. with who, like, left their other career or, like, mm-hmm. were forced out of their other career and now have a retail job or, you know. Because that's where the jobs are. Yeah. People like to buy stuff. Yep. Um, it's, it's the new unskilled labor, which is what manufacturing was. Right. You know, manufacturing is, you know, push the right buttons or, you know, turn the right screws. It's not something that requires large amounts of uh, technical knowledge, but can be learned. You know what else retail is missing? What? The exciting danger of working in a factory. (laughs) There's that. I'm not going to lose my arm at a retail store. You're not. You're not going to lose your arm at a retail store. I want the, I feel like I would do a much better job if I always had to worry about like one wrong move and there goes my arm. Yeah, that's something. That's a motivator. That's what they call a motivator, Kevin. It's an extrinsic motivator. <laughs> I'm an intrinsic motivator. <laughs> um, speaking of like the public transportation thing, I've mentioned her on the show before, but uh, Sarah Zhang, who's like one of my favorite Twitterers mm-hmm. and writers, she tweeted regarding this whole Uber CEO nonsense that um, like Silicon Valley is coming up with all these wild engineering solutions uh, when all they really need, when all we really need to do is like pour money into public works. Yeah. Like public works have solved most of the problems that Silicon Valley is trying to solve <laughs> a long time ago, but no one is interested in them. But they're not them. profitable. They're not profitable and no one's interested in them yeah. anymore. So now Silicon Valley is coming around and trying to find ways to make these things profitable, mm-hmm. but making them worse in the process for yeah. everybody except the people profiting, the people creating the companies. Yeah. And the shareholders for a little bit. Yeah. Until everything crashes. Right. And like Uber Uber is that perfect example of it. Like yeah. just dump money, however much money Uber's been given yeah. in the last five years or whatever mm-hmm. Uber's existed, like just dump that into the public transportation in the cities Uber's been in and you'd have a much better environment. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Much better. Every Everyone involved would be better off mm-hmm. if that just went to public transportation. Yeah. But no. That doesn't make people more money. Yeah. Like I, when I moved to my current apartment and lost my commute, like I have mm-hmm. a one minute walk commute. Yeah. I, one of the things I was very excited about was not owning a car mm-hmm. because I f- felt like the future was getting towards a place where owning a car wouldn't be necessary. Yeah. And at the time I thought of that as like these, you know, tech startup mm-hmm. ride sharing and I, I saw like something in the future was brewing where like the yeah. nature of car ownership would change and now like not even not owning a car is still fine yeah but like i just wish there were more trains mm-hmm. like i don't want to use ride sharing services yeah i just want more trains well that's that's one of the things that you know with 
uh, self-driving cars is coming along is self-driving cars will either put Uber out of business or more likely put Uber drivers out of business. Right. You're just going to lay off a bunch of people. Yeah. Because you will, more money. you will just have a bunch of self-driving cars. You'll have a fleet of those that will be owned by a company. Right. And you'll be able to, to call one and push a button. It'll show up but it will just destroy anybody who's even tried to make money as a driver in Uber right. and just destroy that that class of jobs. And like a fleet of self-driving cars is like an Uber engineer's wet dream, but yes. you know what works better? A bus? A bunch of buses. Yeah. Gets more people moving. But you're not going to get a bunch of tech bros in San Francisco to take the bus. Well, they they do take the bus. They take private buses <laughs> with fancy drinks and strippers, and probably probably, like, yeah, it's like a bus. Ugh, kind of a bus. Yeah, it's a party bus. Would you take a party bus to work if your if your job wanted to give you a bus ride to work? Yeah, you would, right? Yeah. Because that's a nice experience, probably. We also have a real parking problem at our office. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. So the the office building we're in, or that we lease, we own the whole thing, top to bottom, mm-hmm. was designed when it was built and the parking was built was around having offices and so people in offices and office spaces and things like that. But we all work in cubicle hexes mm-hmm. um, or rows of te- desks. Um, so there's no walls. Um, there's some conference rooms and things like that. But that means we're putting a lot more people in the building. Yeah. And we don't have parking space for them. Interesting. Uh, and so one the, our current solution, which is not ideal, is we have a, a valet startup called Lux um, who valet park the top floor of our garage. Hmm. And so they can stack cars and, you know, squeeze them in and, you know. Much tighter than, much tighter you than, would than on we your would. Um, and we pay them a non-insignificant amount of money to do that. That's so um, wild. But I also get I get to work 20 minutes before everybody else so I can park wherever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nice. But uh like we're we're not out of space in the building in terms of like how many people we could put. But we've been out of parking space for a year or more. We're just going to like build a new garage or something. Oh, well, we, there's nowhere to build it. No. Well, not where we are. Yeah. You guys are like on a hill, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. One thing we are doing is we're going to move. We're opening another office further up the road. Mm. And we're going to move to that, which will relieve some of the parking stress. Yeah. But they're just going to fill all that, the old building back up again, which won't fix the parking problem long term. Right. But uh, yeah, no, if, if, when we do some carpooling, we have some carpool options. Um, but And people have talked about like setting up a bus route. Um, like and buying a bus and saying like, hey, you know, get on and get off and not have to worry about it. I was talking about more work from home options, but yeah, there's not not anything like finalized or company wide. Yeah, just but yes, if if my company provided a a party bus, I would I would take it. But that's part of the problem. It is absolutely part of the problem. You'd feel a little guilty about it, but you'd yeah. probably still do it. Yeah, I mean, I like I'm I'm probably the same way. Like I'm sitting here being all down on tech bro silicon valley startup yeah. culture and the destruction of everything but like if someone wanted to pick me up in a bus and take me to work yeah i'd probably say yes too that sounds yeah. nice even if it wasn't a party bus i don't actually if, if that would be better i don't want it to be a party bus 
I want it to be a... You want champagne and strippers? I want it to be a relaxing bus. I would prefer it if the strippers on my party bus were of, like, multiple genders. <laughs> that would be ideal. <laughs> like, multiple strippers of a variety of genders? Or yes. each stripper contains within themselves multiple genders? Well, I, that would be one or more of the strippers could contain multiples of genders. That's fine. <laughs> But I would want I would want more than one stripper, and preferably to have you know a variety of strippers with a variety of genders. You gotta, I mean, it's all about catering to the user. You gotta give yeah. you exactly what you need. Yeah, yeah. I want I want lots of strippers of lots of genders. <laughs> that's that's my ideal party bus. You know what, Kevin? That is what Uber can provide for you. <laughs> Hopefully, in a way that eventually employs nobody. I would. What about the strippers? They'll be. I don't want robot strippers. They'll be self-driving strippers. I don't want robot strippers. Automated strippers. Did you see Boston Dynamics' new nightmare robot? No. You know Boston Dynamics. They're the ones that make robots that like don't fall over. That people poke with sticks. They make nightmare robots. <laughs> They're the robots that look like they want to kill you in your nightmares. Okay. Yeah. People poking with hockey sticks. Yeah. They walk. Which all, is just mean. They walk all creepily. This is why. This is what the robots will show when the robots rise up against us. They made a new donkey robot. Oh, good. And it looks like a. It moves like a donkey, and it's on. It's like two hind wheels and two four legs. Okay. And it can hop. That sounds like it can like a roll could, yeah. locomote on its wheels and then like bounce up onto things of other heights mm -hmm. and has shocks and can yeah it sounds like a thing they would make we're all gonna fucking die <laughs> <laughs> i hate these robots i want people to stop making these robots i i just <sighs> these people need to watch a goddamn sci-fi movie and realize what they're doing just slow down. We yeah. don't need this all isn't these. This is even a new one. Like Metropolis was out like decades ago. Metropolis is like an ancient movie, isn't yeah. it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. They're not doing anything with them. They're just making them and putting out creepy yeah. videos on the internet. Although Metropolis uh, always reminds me of the collected works of Janelle Monet. Yeah. Uh, who is an amazing uh, singer and Afrofuturist artist. I don't know what that means. Um, well, so Afrofuturism is a subgenre of sci-fi mm -hmm. um, that honestly could just be like, I mean, it is, it is, it's complex and I don't, I am not in any way, shape or form the right person to talk about it. <laughs> first of all. Uh -huh. um, but like her, her albums are, telling a story of a robot uprising Ooh. and um, her character such as it is, um, is a well-known Android who um, rebels against her slave masters and leads a rebellion of the robots to destroy everything. Mm -hmm. And there's an, there's a very obvious and intentional like parallel between slavery and the androids, yep. um, which is, which is part of Afrofuturism. It's also amazing music. Like it's it's catchy I, and yeah. I know who she is, and I think I've heard some of her music before, but I yeah. didn't realize there was the concept behind it. Yeah, well, it's it's really fascinating because there's like you don't immediately catch it if you're not listening listening for it, but yeah. then you watch some of her music videos and you go, oh, I okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're telling a story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, and it's over multiple albums that she's told this story, and it's sort of like concept albums and things like that. But. Uh, 
Sounds like the cooler version of <laughs> Coheed and Cambria. It is absolutely the cooler version of Coheed and Cambria. Without a doubt. 100%. <laughs> I used to real I I like Coheed and Cambria's music. I used to re- I'm not against Coheed and Cambria's music. I've never particularly enjoyed it, never sought it out, uh-huh. but like when it was in 28 Days Later, I was like, this is cool. Oh, it was in 28 Days Later? I think so. Oh. I may have made that up. Probably. So I may have seen just a video on YouTube where somebody combined Coheed and Cambria <laughs> and 28 Days Later. That is exactly what somebody would do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had, I had friends in college who were like way into Coheed and Cambria. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and, and coworkers um, who were way into Coheed and Cambria. It's like uh, people who are into Coheed and Cambria, people are into Coheed and Cambria the way that people are into Rush. Yes. Um, not quite the way people are into fish. No, but yeah, the Russian analogy is pretty strong. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I love the music, but whenever, like, I always knew about the the backstory, mm-hmm. and you don't need to know about that to enjoy the music. No. It's not that explicit. Um, but when I learned about the comics existing, I was like, <laughs> Like I can tell, this is a little like yeah. the creators of Coheed and Cambria. They're nerds. They're nerds, and they're like they're really good at making music, and they're not really good at making comics. Yeah. Uh, well, so it's funny because I've I've never particularly like get, get, dived into that universe, but I am absolutely a sucker for a concept album. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like, hey, here's an album that tells a cohesive story, or Maybe even not, but tries to tell a cohesive story over the course of a dozen songs or so. Uh-huh. I am all in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh like there is there's I mean, the one of the first ones I remember like being like absolutely into that like when it came out was American Idiot by mm-hmm. Green Day. Like I'm all over that. Like I was reading fan theories online. Really? Um, but going back to Tommy with the Who abba or not abba but the two guys from abba who did chess as a concept album and eventually became a broadway musical Mm -hmm. like all of that like i am like if you're telling a story with your album i am twice as likely to love it because you're doing you're doing something that's like twice as hard as just making an album yeah like some people can just make a music album and it's really hard to do it yes but then you're also like writing a writing it as a story yeah. and doing yeah um, even even like obscure bands so there's there's a uh, band i really like that i've talked about filk music before yes filk um a band who does filk called ukla the mock mm-hmm. who i've mentioned they have a concept album about space monkeys nice called smell no evil <laughs> uh and and it's like probably my favorite album of theirs because yeah. it's a it's a rock opera about monkeys going to space like and like the the plot is like this kid's dad's a scientist and he's sending monkeys to space but the kid becomes friends with the monkey and the monkey goes to space anyway and the kid's sad but then the monkey lands on a planet full of monkeys <laughs> and uh they fight and that's the end like it's that complex yeah. which most compl- concept albums are that complex yeah uh but I'm I'm loving it. Uh, it's pretty cool, especially because uh, the last episode of The Flash dealt with uh, Gorilla City, which is a city full of hyper intelligent gorillas, which is exists in the comics. Like that's that's okay. the kind of thing that also exists. But the Ukla the Mock concept album, uh, Smell No Evil, has a song called Gorilla City. <laughs> um, that that posits Gorilla City as instead of being like 
a city full of super intelligent gorillas is like a used car lot for gorillas. <laughs> well, come on down to Gorilla City. We got all the gorillas you need. Well, come on down to Gorilla City. We got all the gorillas you need. We got Gorilla Grodd, Salivar, and Beppo the Super Monkey. Then list, like the majority of the song is listing off smart or super intelligent or super powered apes that exist in comic books. Like that's, <laughs> we got Salavar, Gorilla, Grodd, and Beppo, the super monkey. We got Congoril and Wanna Beast, every super powered monkey from the west to the east. <laughs> Monsieur Mala and someone are both deceased, but we got them here anyhow. <laughs> like that's the premise of the song, and it barely fits into the cohesive theme of everything else that's going on in that but musical. Just enough. But I love it. That's awesome. Because concept albums are my jam. Uh, and Jonathan Colton, who I've mentioned before, who mm-hmm. does Nerd Rock, just announced his newest album. It comes out April 28th. I saw someone talking about that on Twitter today. Yeah. It is also a concept album. Really? I'm super excited. It's about like love saving the world and an AI uprising. This is going to be like the most, this is going to be like your thing more than anything else has been your thing. Yeah. I, I've already bought it. Like I pre-ordered it the moment the, e- the in- email hit my inbox. I'm like pre-ordering. <laughs> you didn't even have to read it. No, like yeah. Jonathan Golden drops a new album. I'm buying that. Yeah, of course. Uh, I also recently bought uh, because it was a shame that I didn't own it. Lemonade by Beyonce. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. because she got robbed. Oh yeah, she didn't. Who who won? Adele. The... Oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised Adele won, but like even Adele was like, uh, guys, did you, did you see that Beyonce album? Yeah. Have you heard of Beyonce? Have you have you listened to her latest masterpiece? Right. Because it is it is a travesty that Beyonce has never won Album of the Year. Most of her albums should have won Album of the Year. Every one of her albums should have won <laughs> Album of the Year. Like, you can go back. I Am Sasha Fierce should have won Album of the Year. Four should have won Album of the Year. Beyonce, the album she dropped out of the dark that nobody was expecting, lost to Beck. I mean, Beck's cool, but, like, no. Should have won Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, Lemonade, like her masterpiece, yeah. should have won Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. Nope. Oh well. Okay. So I bought Lemonade because you'll, I was angry. You'll get them next time, Beyonce. Yeah. Just continue making perfect pieces of art <laughs> that tell amazing, beautiful stories from your unique perspective. And maybe one day some old white dudes will recognize you. Yeah, maybe one day. Just keep... Just keep plugging away, Beyonce. You'll yeah. get them soon. Uh, uh, yeah. She lost to Beck. That one made me mad. Yeah. I don't care how good Beck is. Yeah. It's a diff- different thing. Yeah. Different class. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Beyonce, Adele winning was like La La Land almost winning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, they should have announced Adele and then be like, oh, wait, no, sorry, no, no, sorry. sorry. We were wrong. It was Beyonce. We, we just, we forgot Beyonce existed yeah, for a second. Yeah, sorry. So we remembered and we were like, oh, no, 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 no Beyonce. Sorry. Yeah, Beyonce. sorry, Beyonce. But yeah, you win everything. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for everything, for existing. Thank you, Beyonce. Would you like any more awards, yeah. please? <laughs> we'll give you everybody else's awards. <laughs> just, just take whichever ones you want. Yeah. Oh, God. And like, I'm not, I don't, particularly care for Adele's or Beyonce's music. Mm -hmm. It's not the kind of music I like to just listen to on Mm -hmm. my own, but like I listened to and watched Lemonade and was like, yeah, 
this is a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. And like, I didn't, I don't think I consumed it anymore after that, aside from mm-hmm. like my coworkers blaring it once a week on the speakers in the back. Good job, coworkers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, like at least once a week, Lemonade gets blasted on the speakers That's appropriate. in the back. Yeah. And like, it's fine. Like, I don't mind having it on. It's just mm-hmm. not the kind of music I listen to. But like, I can recognize it as a significant masterpiece yeah. like piece of culture that will kind of define its time oh absolutely and should probably have one album of the year yeah and adele had like i know one song from adele's album and it's because it was like everywhere turned into a meme and parody yeah yeah nobody's parody i'm sure someone's parodying beyonce but nobody's like parodying beyonce because they go no nah, i'm not touching that right yeah i wouldn't dare <laughs> You don't need that curse upon you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like that, I mean, that's the thing. Like Adele's album is probably great. Yeah, it's fine. I'm right? sure. Like it's good enough to have been. Her in- voice is really good. She's yeah. a really good singer. She's very talented. Makes great music. But <sighs> but Beyonce makes works of art. Right. You got. I don't know. You got a. It, it speaks to kind of the brokenness of the way a w- major industry awards work. Yes. Where like. At this point, it's like Beyonce needs to win an album of the year. Yeah. Because she deserves it for all the time she hasn't. So, like, if she comes out with an album in a couple of years that's mm-hmm. maybe not as great as Lemonade. Yeah. Like, do we give it to her then as appeasement? Yes. Like, well, yes. Like, <laughs> like maybe. We give her album of the year every year for at least six or seven years, <laughs> whether or not she puts something out. But it's like. It, you get you get into all this like murkiness of like who are we appeasing and how are we oh yeah like only well, Oscars did that forever you know the Oscars right. given Leo one for the Revenant which was not his best work right but they were like we finally need to just give it to yeah him. or Scorsese same thing like Scorsese got one for The Departed or Shutter Island Shutter like, Island I think like one of his lesser films like yeah. it's certainly no Raging Bull certainly no Taxi Driver but it's like Jesus Christ we didn't give a best director to Scorsese yet yeah. like oh god hurry <laughs> up what do you put out this year fine give him one yeah <laughs> but like I, yeah it, it's so weird like I wish I mean I, in a perfect world it would just be the best things win their categories every time and yeah. you wouldn't have to do all this weird murky <laughs> politicking but well because there's there's so much politicking that goes on in the background yeah. like the four-year consideration like sending gift baskets and glad handing and all this stuff and meeting academy voters to try and sway their votes right. which is dumb and there's also just like so much racism yeah and institutionalized biases yeah. and all that kind of stuff like the most of the academy award voter i think like the average academy voter age is like 63 years yeah, old or something it's about that and like you're not gonna be picking movies that speak to the world represent what yeah. everyone thinks should be winning no. things when you have a sample like that no. but oh well everything's broken yeah but about beyonce and about jonathan colton's new album like very close to each other <laughs> Beyonce should collaborate with Jonathan Colton. No, no. <laughs> it's a bad idea. Do you do you think Beyonce knows who Jonathan Colton is? No. You think if you said Jonathan Colton to her, she'd go, "Oh yeah." The only way that might happen is if Beyonce was a fan of one of two things: the TV show Brain Dead on CBS. 
it was Brain Dead, Brain Something. I don't remember. It was a dumb TV show that was on last year. Uh-huh. Or is a fan of NPR and listens to Ask Me Another <laughs> in like her car. I could see Beyonce listening to Ask Me Another. And going like, oh, that's that guy who does songs on that thing <laughs> that I watched or listened to occasionally. Yeah. But uh, no. I think that would be funny. What would you do if you opened your email today and the email was like, Jonathan Colton's putting out a new album, collaborated with Beyonce? Well, I'd buy it. <laughs> I would buy it. <laughs> Without hesitation. I'd probably buy two, just just in case. Just to throw more money at yeah. him. Although he does have, like, he, he he's doing a vinyl pressing of his album, yeah. which is very cool, but not something I'm going to buy. You're not a vinyl person? No. You don't own any? No. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't own any. That are, seems like a thing you would. Are you? A little bit. Hmm. I mean, you don't like things. I don't but, like things. But if you liked things, I feel like vinyl would be a thing you'd like. So, um, I'm not a vinyl person. And how do I explain this? Um, part of it is because a lot of people who are vinyl people are bad at being audiophiles okay they go vinyl is the vinyl is the best sound yes right that's the thing they say it's not what's the best sound laser disc <laughs> cd actually <laughs> cds are are the most commonly available best encoded form of digital audio or form of audio what about flack commonly available I don't, I don't know anything about audio. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying words I've heard. Um, vinyl, vinyl's not better sounding than good digital audio. Even though people are like, it's analog and there's no bit rates and blah blah. It's blah. warmer. It's war right. Like that's you can enjoy vinyl more, but it's not higher fidelity. Okay, it's fine. I don't begrudge you enjoying vinyl. Um, I can enjoy vinyl. I used to have a turntable. I knew it. And, um, and some vinyl records. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I did enjoy the tactile experience of having a big disc yeah. and taking it out of the artwork and putting it on a thing and on and like putting it, like it's a, it's an experience that provides its own form of enjoyment outside of just listening. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. But I don't care about it that much, so I don't own it anymore. Okay. When I listen to music, I just want it to sound nice. Yeah. And I just want to listen to it. Uh, there you go. Um, See, I'm I'm like the opposite of an audiophile. Like I don't know what good music sounds like. <laughs> you just like listening to the music. Yeah. Yeah. Like if someone's like, "This is this is terrible. Why are you putting using these headphones or these speakers? Like you're using your built-in speakers on your Mac to listen to stuff." I'm like, sounds like music. Well, that's the thing. Like. Any built-in speaker on a device that people commonly use, like as long as it's not like a some toy from a Happy Meal or something, you know what I mean? Like I would listen to music on a toy from a Happy Meal. But uh, even like my iPhone speaker, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I will listen to music out of that sometimes yeah. if I'm in that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Yeah. Like you can hear the song and you can enjoy the. Th things that the song is doing yeah out of even that crappy of a speaker although they've got a pretty nice speaker on the new iphone it gets better and better yeah but like 
my favorite experience is like sitting down in front of my speakers mm-hmm. in my living room and turning on music really loudly and knowing that I have like a high bit rate yeah. downloaded copy and it's being airplayed losslessly and it sound and like hearing tiny little details like I enjoy that experience mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of vinyl people enjoy they're just wrong okay it's not actually better. what what do you consider a high bit rate because I don't know um so this is where I differ from like your stereotypical audiophile person okay uh your your rage filled internet audiophile will tell you that you have to have lossless sure losslessly encoded audio files uh but actually if you do you know double blind studies and mm-hmm. you know with verifiable methods and all that stuff people can't tell the difference between anything over 256 kilobits per okay. second is that what yours is yeah because yeah. i just i just use the itunes match download copies which are 256 aac okay and is that true for apple music as well uh-huh okay and i can't tell i've tried it on myself i can't tell the difference between that and like flack lossless yeah um or 320 kilobits because like, you have the wrong speakers <laughs> sure and you have the wrong ears right and i don't have a ten thousand dollar power cable that's keeping the oxygen in my cable in the yeah you gotta have that oxygenated music ions out like I, you know people do wild expensive things to yes. try to make their music sound better but good speakers and at least 256 and you're gonna have about as good of a sound cool. as you can get i've been listening to the moana soundtrack a lot lately did you see the movie yet yeah i haven't seen or listened to it but i keep hearing wonderful things it made me cry yeah yeah it looks a really couple good. times it looks really good yeah uh, and and freaking Lin Manuel Miranda did not get an Oscar. Who did? Uh, La La Land. Oh well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, now to be fair, he was only one of three songwriters in that film. Um, one of whom was uh someone of of Maui descent, like Ma- Maori Pacific Islander. I don't know specifically where they're from, and I'm I feel bad for not knowing. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and and worked with them, but. Like mm-hmm. he, uh, Miranda actually sings one of the songs on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kicks in, you go, Oh, that's Lynn Miranda. Cool. <laughs> Sounds um, like Hamilton, but he did a lot of the lyric work. Yeah. Uh, and, and composing and things like that. And it, it's, can you, it, can you tell it's him? Yes. Yeah. In the music. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, in some of the music. So, I mean, there's, there's a heavy Pacific Island influence on the sound and that's very obvious. And, and I'm confident that didn't come from him. Uh, but Not a lot of that in Hamilton. No, uh, I mean he he has a hip hop background, like that's where his strengths lie. Right. Uh, but a couple of the songs, like there's definitely a, a like an influence in of of his work and his Broadway work and his hip hop work, like in the music. Like uh-huh. you can get in particularly in some of the lyrical gymnastics and things that go on. Yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, Maui. The song has a character, or Maui the character has a song called "You're Welcome." that like has his fingerprints all over it. Same thing for um, Jermaine Clement's character, who is a giant crab, <laughs> um, who has a name, I don't remember what it is. Um, he has a song called Shiny mm-hmm. that is, that's, that's got a lot of Manuel touches. Like you can you can see Lin-Manuel's fingerprints yeah. like in it. And the way the lyrics work yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and the construction of the song itself. Yeah. Um, 
but those are not even the best songs. Like the the two best songs are well, obviously the the one that Moana sings called um, "How Far I'll Go," which is sort of the this is one that's up for the Oscar, um, and it's it's her um, "I Want" song. Are you familiar with the idea of an "I Want" song or a moment? No, they're very much popularized by Disney, uh, but in a media any medium that you're dealing with, any story you're being told, there's often a moment where a character goes, I want X. Mm-hmm. I want to do something. I want to be something. I want to have something. And that is their driving force for the narrative. Mm. Um, you know, someday my prince will come is the classic example of like, I want to marry a prince and be a princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so many stories, especially Disney stories have an, I want song. Yeah, yeah. Um, a song about like I want to do this, I want to accomplish this, and it's it's an easy moment to catch. But Moana has one. It's called "How Far I'll Go," and it's about sailing on the sea, like that. She's lived on an island her whole life, and she wants to go explore the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me cry. Wow! Like in the theater. Uh, there's another song called. I want to say it's called Who We Are, but I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Uh, but I, it's it's I, the one that he that Manuel Miranda sings mm-hmm. part of. Is he a character? Does he no. voice a character? No. He, but his voice is singing His one voice of the songs. is used in one song. Interesting. Um, and in the context of the film, it... Makes sense. It's fine that he's the one singing it okay. because it is, it is not a... It's not a song sung by a character so much as it is a song sure. that happens um after you're done uh yeah we rec- know the way is the name of the song we know the way okay continue well no that's that pretty much it but both of those songs like made me cry wow in the theater uh and and i don't care what the song was from uh la la land <laughs> couldn't I, have been that good it could not have been that good <laughs> period yeah but hey, I mean, it's about movies. Yeah, it also means that uh, for now, the EGOT is out of Manuel Miranda's grasp. Oh right, yeah, because oh. he's got he's got a Tony, he's got a Grammy. I think he has an Emmy, but I don't know that for sure. But this was his Oscar. This was his first chance for an Oscar. Right. This was the first film he's worked on. I mean, he's pretty young. Yes, yes. Feel like he'll get there. Oh, I have no doubt he'll get there. Like, if anyone's career is pointing towards egot dumb, yes, it's his. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, pulling around, Rita Moreno was like the second or third person to get an egot. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Who I mentioned from when we were talking. Mm-hmm. It's a nice callback. One back. day at a time. They call yeah. that a callback. Do they? Mm-hmm. Cool. When when are you getting your egot? Never. Gotta get to get started writing. I don't even have one, let alone all four. Uh, but uh, the EGOT list is a really fascinating group of people. Yeah, there's not a lot of them. Just uh, 13, 12 or 13. Whoopi Goldberg has one. Really? Yeah. yeah it's, I feel like it's a lot of people you wouldn't necessarily expect. Yeah. Because it's not like... 
it's 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 people who aren't like hyper focused in one area mm-hmm. so they never get like real like wild stardom in one of the areas i feel yeah, like yeah i mean some of them miranda melinda memo miranda will probably if he gets it will be in that realm yeah uh but he also like stars in a lot of his things they are making or at least they've announced they're making it in the heights movie which i'm very excited about nice um although i worry a little bit that it's going to take too long that he's going to be too old to play the character mm. um and they're going to make him play the character, even if he was to say, like, I'm too old to play this character. Uh, but it'll be fine. But it, like, I don't know if you ever saw the Rent movie. No. It's not great. Rent itself is a musical that has not aged well. <laughs> uh, there's some really good videos on it, like, about, like, some of its problems. But for the movie, which was made 15, 10, 15 years after the, the Broadway production... They brought in the entire, almost the entire original Broadway cast to play their characters. Hmm. And so they went from people like in their 20s to people like in their 30s. Yeah. And like, we're not going to pay rent. Not quite the same. Yeah. Um, Also good voices. I mean, you've got Regina Menzel. You've got, um, nope, I'm not going to remember his name. The other person. Tom Collins. Uh, Tay Diggs is in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I should know his name. He's on The Flash. He plays The Flash's dad. The Flash? Yeah, that's his name. The Flash. Mm-hmm. Thanks. The, because the, the character we commonly know as The Flash is really The Flash Jr. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's actually kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Kind of. <laughs> so, I mean, not in the TV show. Comic books are so dumb. <laughs> So there have been four or so people that have been called The Flash over the years. Oh, my God. Uh, The very first one was Jay Garrick. I swear to God, if you start talking about something like Earth Prime, I'm going to tune out. (laughs) It's Earth (laughs) 2. Shut up. I mean, there is an Earth Prime, but that's not part of the story. <laughs> I keep trying to say ridiculous things about comic books, and I can't say rid- things that are ridiculous enough. So, so Jay Garrick was a, was the Flash back in the fifties. Uh huh. Um, and in the 60s or 70s, he may have been older than that. I'm not getting my times right. Um, they DC decided to revamp a bunch of old characters, the Flash and the Green Lantern being two examples. Mm-hmm. And so they made new versions of these characters with new backstories that used the same name and had similar powers. And so that Flash was called Barry Allen. And he was, for a very long time, the Flash. Uh, then during, not making up these names... The Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was a massive DC crossover event in the late 80s. Barry Allen died. Okay. Uh, And this was one of those superhero deaths that lasted a very long time. And you're supposed to say one of the superhero deaths that was actually a death. That's the thing that would satisfy me. The only one of those I know, literally the only one of those I know 
is like in the DC universe is like Batman's parents. <laughs> oh my God. Are they the only people who haven't come back from the dead? Yeah. I mean, Superman's parents haven't either. Oh, cause they were on Krypton when it exploded. Sure. But like Batman's parents are like, that's the only one. Like even the longest running ones get revealed, but Barry Allen was a serious one and lasted a very long time. Uh-huh. And Wally West took over who was his nephew. Okay. And he was kid flash up until Barry Allen died. And then he took on the mantle. Um, so flash being flash jr. Is, is not, <laughs> not that much of a stretch. Wrong. Um, and Wally West was my flash. Like he's the one I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, only in the last five years or so did Barry Allen come back. Who's the one that was in the justice league animated series that was on cartoon network in the two thousands. Wally West. Okay. He's my flash then. Too. Yeah. I liked that show. That was a good show. It was an amazing show. So it was Justice League Unlimited, the sequel slash spinoff. I never, I, I stopped watching before that happened. Uh, it's it's on Netflix if you want to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but they basically did what the comics did, which is have like every superhero character in the DC universe show up occasionally. Yeah. And would have like whole episodes dedicated to minor characters you've never heard of, but that were really interesting and good. Yeah. And as well made as everything else in the original Justice League. Speaking of Cartoon Network. Yeah. Are you familiar with Samurai Jack? Yes. I've never watched it, but I'm familiar with it. Okay. Um, I have watched it. I watched it like when I was a kid. It's great. When it was coming out. It's phenomenal. Cool. Um, I rewatched it a couple of years ago. Okay. Like I found it. I remember in, it was on Netflix maybe, but. I, I downloaded it. Okay. Illegally. Yeah. And watched it. Um, and apparently a new season is coming out. Yes. Soon, I've heard that. Which is very exciting to yes me. um i love that show so much i think yeah. it's like my favorite cartoon that's fair probably yeah it's very different from like most oh, absolutely. cartoons yeah but like the animation style and the like weird stories it tells mm-hmm. and like the quirky characters in it are just so amazing and i'm i'm very excited I need to watch it back. there's some incredible stuff in samurai yeah Jack. it's awesome because like there's very little dialogue mm-hmm. in the show. So you get just like these long, 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 long sweet sequences of visual storytelling. Yeah. And every once in a while, someone will speak when it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. But yeah, you should check out Samurai. I should. Well, I, I love Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah, same animator. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Jendi Tartakovsky. <laughs> uh-huh, him. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Uh, who also did the original Clone Wars series. Oh, yeah, that's right. The The 2D animated one. Yeah. Before they made the 3D animated one based on all of his like character prototypes. <laughs> yeah. So if you like that animation style, Samurai yeah. Jack is that to an extreme. Yeah. No, I've heard it's amazing. It's, it's a, a beautiful show. Yeah. Very well made. It's a very like very intensely animated yeah. show. I have started watching Touch the Skyrim, which is amazing. Oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, you know Skyrim, the game? I've heard of her. You know of it. You know it exists. <laughs> Uh, well, one of the things that Skyrim has that's really fascinating is it has an incredibly long shelf span. Like it's been on, it's been out for five or six years. Yeah, it has. Like I was in college when it came out. Uh-huh. I feel like, but um, it has a huge modding community, like billions of mods. Mm-hmm. And so the premise of Touch the Skyrim is it is one of the McElroys. I'm going to say Griffin. Sure. And is he the one that does Carboys? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Griffin and the other guy that's in Carboys, it's not a McElroy brother. 
Um, and Griffin is playing Skyrim. Um, and he has installed some mods. Fun. And he hasn't told the other guy what they are. <laughs> and they're going to just keep each episode. They add a bunch more new mods until they break Skyrim. Oh, my God. Um, and the very first mod that they installed um, or that they discovered because it was installed in a batch. I um, was like, just tell me when you think you've discovered a mod and we'll see what it is. <laughs> and so they're going through the opening cinematic, which is your character like in a cart with some other prisoners being taken to be executed through the woods. Uh-huh. Um, and so you, you, you start watching it and those things are kind of weird. And then you realize all of the trees or what should be trees in this forest are like hands sticking up from the ground. Oh! Like very poorly rendered hands oh. like just white five-fingered appendages and My that's nightmares. the mod the mod is all the trees are hands oh and that's one of like the first 10 mods they do in the very first episode i hate that it's the show is is amazing ew like it's it's monster factory levels of good I might have to check it out. You need to check it out. I've only watched the first two or three episodes because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pacing myself because there's only like four or five. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a new show of theirs. And so I'm trying to like slowly like, yeah, if I watch them all at once, I'll just die. I need to keep watching Carboys. I'm, I'm way behind on those. See, I haven't checked that, that out either. It's fun. So it gets weird. Carboys and what's it Touch called? The Skyrim. Touch I would start with Touch the Skyrim. I think it's, it's a quicker start. Is Skyrim the game where you can just walk around and collect herbs a lot? That is the thing you can do in Skyrim. Okay, yes. okay, that's might be all I know about Skyrim. Yeah, that's certainly a thing you can do. Actually, I'm I'm playing Skyrim again because of Touch the Skyrim. Oh God, uh, are you installing all the same mods? No, no, I'm just playing vanilla Skyrim. I might have the high res tech, high res texture pack installed. Cool uh, to make things look prettier. Cool. <laughs> um, but when I when I play RPGs, and this is kind of tying back to like playing Torment and other games that have like choice, mm-hmm. is I play a character when I'm playing RPGs. So I decide things about the person I'm playing and stick with that. Oh, you're not like putting your personality into them. You're choosing a yeah, type of I'm person Yeah, I'm choosing who it's going to be. And so um, the last time I played Skyrim, I was playing someone who was, I don't remember the, the deeper character choices I might associate with it, but was like a fighter, like was going to run up and hit things, which is not typical <laughs> for me. I typically play magic users. I don't see you running up and hitting a lot of things. No. Um, but this character, and, but I, one of the things I did was I got really into the crafting. So alchemy and um, like leather work, uh, armor and weapon crafting mm-hmm. with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and this character is the opposite. And so, like, to figure out what an ingredient does, or at least its first thing, is you have to eat it. <laughs> um, and it'll say, like, oh, you get more magic with this thing. Or, oh, this hurts your stamina. Or whatever. And so, for this character, like, the first three things I ate when I was starting from fresh, like, all hurt my character. And so, I'm like, I am not collecting any more herbs. This is bad. <laughs> I'm just ignoring all of that. Um, and so, choosing to play the game, like, as a character choice of going, like, nope. We're not crafting. We're not making medicine. I'll drink a potion if I find one because it's helpful. Right. But I'm not going to learn how to make my own because uh, I have to eat things that are bad. (laughs) Uh, Also, weirdly, I fought someone. I don't remember how it happened, but I I looted them. And they were carrying human flesh. Oh. And a human heart. Ooh. 
and I can eat them, but I haven't. And so I'm just carrying them around because I can't sell them because that'll be viewed poorly. And they're oh. also have, they also have no value. Nobody will buy them. Oh. Um, so I'm just carrying them around. Is that what the other guy was doing? Did he fight them from someone else? And then I, he was like, what do I do with these? I don't know. Like, look, it was not an, it was an NPC. It was not a real human. Cause oh. it's not multiplayer. Oh, it's all, you know, single player. So, but there this character that I killed who was a bad guy had human flesh. You got to figure out his backstory. Where'd he come from? I don't know. Go, was, with, go avenge that. That was person. hours ago. <laughs> what do you, so what are you going to do with him? With the the things, yeah, the flesh and heart. I'm gonna. I mean, one day I might eat them, but it's a it's a constant temptation to just eat them. What are you waiting for? Well, that would make me a cannibal. I don't think I want to be a cannibal. Is that not what you're? You can't fit cannibal into your character. I think my character is struggling with whether or not she wants to eat human flesh to see what it does. I don't she know. is struggling with that decision. Listen, you're not killing anybody to get it. No, but like that's something you can't go back from, and she's really struggling with that. I say just go for it because what's going to, what else is going to happen? Someone's you either eat it now, figure out the deal with eating human flesh, or you just wait until inevitably someone finds you carrying around human flesh and that you're going to have to explain. Yeah, That would be bad too. But the other side of that is once I've eaten it, it's gone. And if maybe there's something I can do with a human heart later. Oh, like there might be something that I can do with this preserved human heart that I'm apparently carrying around. It's not rotting or getting worse. You could trade it for, with somebody. I don't, I don't know. Like I'm concerned, like not from a storytelling stand, not from like a, a game, like metagaming, like maybe this is a key to something else later, mm-hmm. but from the idea of like an internal character of like, there might be value in owning a human heart because my character is not strongly moralistic. Mm-hmm. She is an assassin mm. um, who uses magic to make herself harder to track. Hmm. So, um, and she also has a spell called Fury that she casts on other people to make them fight. <laughs> um, so she's coming up and she's in a dungeon or something and she sees two bandits, which are the generic bad guys. She'll stand far away, cast Fury on one of them, and they'll fight and damage each other's health. One of them will probably die and then she can come in and clean up the mess. That's useful. Yeah, so she's not, a, she's not like a moral character. She's not against eating it. But there's also like, maybe I could do something with this later. There might be a value in it that I haven't discovered yet. Yeah, right? Like, wait till it's going to get the most value. Yeah. I'm now wishing Skyrim was a multiplayer thing because you, what I want to see happen. Yeah. Is someone find my body? (laughs) No, 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 no. I want you to go into a crowded area. Yeah. Yell, snowball fight and throw (laughs) the human heart at someone's face. Now, there is a game called The Elder Scrolls Online, which is set in the same universe, that you could do that in. You can throw human hearts at people's faces? I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you can at least drop it. I don't think you could throw it. Um, this all reminds me of, what what was the, the game you mentioned earlier in the recording? Planescape? Is that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, pla- Planescape Torment. Planescape Torment. Um, I used to play RuneScape. Mm-hmm. Which is a multiplayer. Yeah, that was a RPG. very early Memorpega. Um, I played it a lot. Yeah? Did you ever play? No. I played EverQuest. Mm-hmm. That's like... The that, was, that was later. Is that the space one? No, that was, that was Elves and Things. Oh, Eve okay. was the space Eve one. Eve is the space one. I, I definitely played Eve. And Eve is now free to play. 
um, at least you can you can get basic features for free. Yeah. And I was like real close to reactivating my Eve account last week. Oh God, it was dangerous. Okay, no. So this is relevant. So, um, I was thinking about this uh, this recently. I was I was actually talking with somebody about RuneScape, but um, I played a lot of RuneScape in like seventh, eighth, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I got very good at it. Yeah, I had a really powerful character. I had like tons of money, tons of great items. Like this was what I did. Yeah, I played RuneScape for hours a day. Um, my brother and I did. Cool. And then my mom decided. We, we were able to do this because we had our own laptops. Yeah. We had our own computers. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to police. Yeah. And, but my mom decided they've had enough RuneScape. Okay. Um, and put uh, a block at the home router level mm-hmm. to all the servers owned by Jagex. Wow. Which is the company that runs RuneScape. Yeah. So it was impossible to access anything related to runescape on from your my home ha- network from yeah. my house yeah which effectively cut off your like RuneScape. we woke up yeah. one morning and couldn't play the game we'd been obsessively playing for like a couple years that's harsh it was brutal we we cried yeah and begged yeah and it didn't work no and i wanted to die i'm sorry when i started I'm college so i forgot about it right yeah. like oh you get over it no more runescape i started college i remember like a month into being in college all of a sudden, it dawned on me. I was like, "I can play RuneScape." I, yeah. Wait, I can log it. I can log into RuneScape. Yeah. And so I did, <laughs> and I played RuneScape for a little bit. Yeah. I think like one or two days. Yeah. And then I had the realization that like if I let myself do this, I would not. I would fail out of college. Yeah. Right. It's that kind of game. It had that kind of effect on me. I would fail out of college if I could play. Yeah. So I logged in. I mustered up some willpower. Yeah. And I went to the like general market or whatever and yeah. sold every single one of my items. Wow. And then I walked into the middle of the town square and I dropped my couple million in gold and <laughs> and logged out. Wow. <laughs> so I essentially made it completely pointless to go back for me to ever log back in. Yeah. Like it would be like I I made start from scratch made the barrier yeah. so high that it wasn't yeah. worth it for me to continue. Man, yeah, that's intense. And I still think about RuneScape every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, it'd be really fun to create a RuneScape character. Yeah, so I played I played WoW for a semester uh-huh. in school, uh-huh. um, and it definitely like hurt my performance. Yeah, it, those kinds of things take over your life. I had a roommate who did drop out because of WoW. No way. Yeah. So um, he broke his leg or his foot early on in the semester, in the first semester of the year. Mm-hmm. I think I was a sophomore or junior at this point. Uh, and sophomore. And like our school was pretty accommodating if you were injured. Like you could get a ride to class. There's a lot of things you could do to be effective. Yeah. But he didn't. He stayed in his room and played WoW all semester. Ugh. And beginning of the next semester, his dad came and packed up all their stuff and he left. <laughs> he Did he like fail out? Did the college kick him I out? I think or? so. Yeah. Because uh, he didn't go to class. But ever. failed everything that semester. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was rough. Um, and then I played Eve. I played Eve here in Austin. So that was in the last two or three years. Um, and played it for three or four months. Mm-hmm. And Eve is 
the deepest online game ever. Really? Yes. Like I think so. Hmm. Um, it is. It's all. It's. It's jokingly called spreadsheets in space. <laughs> oh man, that sounds appealing. Uh, it. It is. Like I. Like I was starting to map out like what my career would look like. Um, like I. I joined a corp. Uh, I joined the Eve University, mm-hmm. um, which is a corporation technically, but they're uh, focused on helping people get better at Eve. Uh. But like my ultimate goal was to like become a teacher in Eve University and help other people get better at Eve, and like work in the mining sector and like generate economy, and like hit a point where I was like, this is going to be bad and like logged out. <laughs> you're like putting more effort into planning your online life than you are into developing your Oh, absolutely. Life. Yeah. Um, and then went free to play like six months ago. And like it, like when they first went free to play, I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll be all right. And they, they emailed me sometime last week. <laughs> they've been emailing me regularly since then. Uh-huh. And they of course emailed to my character's name, which is Olivier. Uh-huh. Um, and they're like, you know, you can do this and get back in, you know, get an alpha clone, which is the free to play version. And I went to the website, like I went to Eve and I couldn't remember my password. Good. And so I sent the like, send me my new password email. Oh no, Kevin. And it didn't show up immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it took like 12 hours to show up. Like, I don't know why it particularly took And I didn't click on the button and go reset my password. <laughs> But like that's how close I was to getting oh. back into Eve. <laughs> oh man! See, like I, whenever something like this comes around, like I know, just I can't, I can't even start. Yeah. I can't even investigate it. We should play Eve together. Oh no, I can't. Like I will die. I'll die. It'll be fun. My man. life will end. All my relationships will fail. It's free. You I can will, play for free. I will quit my job. I will starve. You can make money in Eve. You can make real world money, like as oh, as part of the game itself. I know. You can you can live off Eve. You won't. You will die. But you could. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard anything quite as appealing as the phrase spreadsheets in space. It's it's intense. We can we could log on together. We could make make friends you sound like the um exaggerated version of a drug dealer that my (laughs) middle school teachers presented to me i mean i'm pretty sure eve won't directly cause you to die like drugs would (laughs) it will not directly ruin your health you haven't seen me play an mmo kevin (laughs) 